Welcome to The Table, a place where stories are told, life is shared, and our hope is that you leave full. We encourage you to sit back, pull up a chair, and enjoy the conversation. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of The Table. I am your co-host, Chris Albritton, and joining me around the table today, we have the other co-host, Drew Phillips. Drew, how's it going? I'm doing well today, doing well. Thanks for having me. Yes, so today's topic, we are going to talk about discipleship, and it is an important issue that we are tackling this year uh, amongst our church and are are pushing a lot of resources out to um, as we have have, uh, put it into and are beginning to put it into effect in the uh, discovering Calvary mm-hmm. class, as yep. well as leaders, we are pushing a uh, discipleship pathway uh, to a, a lot of our church members right now because we really do see that as an urgent need, that we need to grow uh, in depth, that we need to grow in community together, um, and we need to start practicing some things. And so, Drew, as we start today, why don't you give us uh, a brief overview, and then we'll dive into a little bit of it. Yeah, and you did a great job there, Chris. Thanks for that. I think there's an aspect to it as we've evaluated uh, where we are as a church. And one thing that we want to continue to do is to grow in our relationship with Christ and con- continue to grow in depth. Um, we've had an awesome opportunity to grow in the amount of people that we're impacting for Jesus. Um, now we want to help people as they come to know Jesus, as they, as they decide to follow Him, um, of what that looks like and how that practically plays itself out so we can grow. And the beautiful part about that is that doesn't. there's always room to grow, whether you've been walking with Jesus for a week, or whether this is something you've been doing for your entire life, we're trying to um, help us understand and help our people understand there's a there's a pathway, there's a design that Jesus mm-hmm. has given us to grow in that. And no matter where we fall on that spectrum, there's some things that we can do to experience a, a with God type of life more now um, than yesterday. And it's not something and something we speak of often often from the stage, is that this idea that we are saved and choosing to follow Jesus is a get-out-of-hell-free card, and we wait till heaven to um, experience His kingdom, it's no, that, that that's available now. And so how do we start to do that now? And I think uh, some of the things that we feel like um, God has given us through other authors, through other books, through His Word... Um, is going to help us get there. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, yeah. So a brief overview. We've discussed this in previous podcasts, but why don't you give us a definition of what is a disciple um, and how can you take beginning steps in that before we dive in? Yeah, so uh, a disciple is someone who adheres to someone's teaching. And so we've said before, we are all disciples of something or somebody. And so whether that's Jesus, whether that is another thinker, whether that is a sports figure, whether that is a musician, whatever, it's when you adhere to someone's teachings. And so as followers of Jesus, we adhere to the teachings of Jesus. And so that is something, um, as you look through Scripture, the word disciple is used 300 and some odd times, and the word Christian is used twice. And so this idea that we are called to be disciples of Jesus um, is much more prevalent through Scripture than it is that we call ourselves Christians. And so when we choose to follow Jesus, when we give our life to Him, make Him Lord and Savior of our life, um, yes, we are Christians, but more than that, we should be disciples or learners or people who are adhering to Jesus's teachings. And so um, that's what a disciple is, and that's what we're trying to, to... understand as we continue to follow after him is what does it mean to make him Lord of our life? We're really good at making him savior and he can save us from our sins and forgive us of our sins, but to have Lord be Lord of our life and us to submit to what he thinks is best is I think uh, one of the most difficult things for us, especially in America today, because we get to do 
what we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it. We like to be Lord of our own life mm-hmm. and allow Jesus access when it's convenient instead of giving him complete control and submitting to what he Absolutely. wants us to do. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things I failed to mention earlier as we were about to dive into the depths of this is this is going to be a three-part series. For the next three weeks uh, during our podcast time, we're going to be talking about uh, the discipleship pathway and what that looks like and hopefully build a, some formation out of it. Uh, but the first area that we want to, to look at uh, is how... Uh, we can learn uh, the things of Jesus. Uh, we use the term narratives a lot around here. Um, what are some narratives that we have that we need to change a little bit? Uh, Drew and I have both been reading through the Apprentice series by James Brian Smith, and so you're going to hear a lot of that yep. come out of it because it is great. It's a fantastic series that describes uh, each of these areas and, and how you can walk in them and begin to form your life. And so uh, as we think about Jesus and some of the narratives we have, why don't you introduce that and, and, and describe it? Yeah, and thanks for plugging that book. And just for so our listeners know, we have copies of that of that series available here at church. So if, after this, if you're interested, please let me know. Or if you want to get your own copy, I'd be happy to to send you the link. Um, but it has been a great series. Has really helped give us some language and some ideas on on, on what this looks like. Mm-hmm. So I'm thankful for James Brian Smith. Um, it's been something even in the midst of this, I've had been able to to email back and forth and connect on Twitter a little bit with him and let him know how impactful his work has yeah. been um, and where it's taking us. So thank you for for plugging that. Um, but yeah, you said first, uh, we want to think like Jesus. And where I want to start with all of this, as, as important as uh, the Apprentice series has been um, and kind of the thought behind this, I want to make sure that our listeners understand that we understand that this is all found in Scripture. This Absolutely. is not what one, yes. one guy has said, but yeah. this is all based out of what we find in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And so um, where I want to start with that is with the Scripture. So when we th- have this idea of we are going to be like Jesus, if we're going to be his disciples, if we're going to adhere to his teachings, that starts with how we think. And we see passages like Colossians 3, 1 through 2, which talks about thinking of things above um, and putting our mind and our focus there. Philippians 2, 5 says, have the very mind of Christ. And then we see in Romans, um, where Paul's communicating to them to... Uh, don't conform to the patterns of these worlds, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, changing the way that we think. One thing I think is uh, that we don't think about as much is, is the way that we think, the way that we um, come up with ideas and how we process that informs a lot of how we live. So you use that word narrative. The narrative is, is the stories that run in our head that inform how we act and how we live. And so if we start to change the way that we think, it will in turn change the way that we live and how we live and who we live with. And so it's a great starting point for us to continue to say, the world is telling me this, um, and in turn, is that accurate? Or how does Jesus say I should view this? Absolutely. Right? So one of those examples, and I'll, I'll, um, I'll share with our listeners, is this. You look through it, and one of the narratives is that we have this idea that God is an angry God that he's, he is wrathful and that he's just sitting up there waiting for me to make a mistake. And we even get the idea, even if outside of Christian circles, this idea of karma, that I do one bad thing and there's some being out there that's ready to punish me as soon yeah. as I do that. And that is a incorrect view of who God is. We see a, a wrathful God through the Old Testament and we take that all the way through, but we don't understand that part of that, and this is something that we've talked about a little bit, is understanding that God still is God, 
and he is ultimate, and there should be a healthy fear of God, but that doesn't mean he's an angry God ready to punish us at any time. So with that, Chris, as I say that, when I say what narratives would come out of God is an angry God, how is that going to inform how you think and how you live? Yeah, and I was just thinking about that. That's not just a, a worldly perspective or view that is um, that is taught through our interactions with the, with people um, on the day to day, but it's also something that's come out of the church, mm-hmm. even in years past, that maybe hasn't been as healthy. Um, so, what could be a, an angry God moment? The uh, maybe the fact that that I sinned uh, in the in the very essence of uh, the punishment of sin. Uh, yeah, I did wrong. I um, I failed to exceed the expectations of what God calls us to be holy. Now what? And a lot of that can break down into fear. It can break down into um, just a, well, I'm not close with God, and, and I just need to run and hide because God is going to punish me because I did this sin yeah. now. Um, and that it, that's completely false. It's yeah. uh, it's not a, a God who's, who's bringing out his belt and ready to, to punish us, but he's one who's bringing us in instead and saying, come on, let's talk about yeah. it and let's fix this. So. Yeah, and that's, that's so good because I think there's an aspect to it where at times we still view that if we've given our life to Jesus, we've decided to follow him, asked him for forgiveness, that that forgiveness is for our past sins and right. for our present sins yeah. and for our sins in the yeah. future. And so we've got to understand that we are already a forgiven people. Mm-hmm. Now, is there still earthly consequences Absolutely. for the sin that we yeah. have? Of course. But is there eternal consequences for those? No, the blood of Jesus covered all of that. Yeah. And so to, to now see... God as a loving Father, and we see this. This is what Jesus communicates more than anything. We hear a lot in Jesus's te- Jesus's teachings in the Gospel, especially on the Sermon on the Mount, which is his big time of teaching. He says, "You've heard it said this, but I tell you this, right?" And what he's trying to do is change how we think, how we view the world. You, your view, or the way that you think about something. In this case, God is this. I want to show you this. Mm-hmm. And what he shows us is that God is a loving Father, that we have an inheritance, that he loves us, that he wants to be in our life, that he wants to do life with us, and he wants to make it so the fact that the way that we think about him and the way that we view our life is as a loving, caring Father that gives us full access to the kingdom. So the way I like to view it is this. In my household, I have three kids, right? And as my kids continue to grow older, they're going to go out and be have their own houses, have their own place to live, have their own things that they're going to do. But when they come back to my house, their father's house, they don't need to ask permission to go get a drink out of the refrigerator or, yeah. hey, dad, yeah. can I borrow a tool? Or, hey, you, no, they have full access to everything that I have now and, and even when they're on their own. And I, and I think that's the view of God that is a more accurate view that we get from Jesus mm-hmm. is that he's a good father that wants to give us good gifts, and ha- and we have full access to Him, just like we want for our kids to know they have full access to all of our things. If you need something, we want to do that. Jesus gives the example of, you know, you are a sinful people, yet you still know how to give good gifts to your children. Yeah. You know, who, what kid asks for a fish and you give him a stone? No, you, you want to be able to give good gifts, and so what more does your perfect Heavenly Father know how to give good gifts? And yeah. I think... Uh, a lot of times we don't see ourselves as sons and daughters of the king, but we see ourselves as just sinners. I'm just a sinner saved by grace, right? And there's truth that we are sinners and that we were saved by grace. 
but not to live from that posture, not to allow that to be the main narrative that's running through your mind, but know that the main narrative is, I am a son and I'm a daughter of the king. And so how does that change how you live? So when I say, when I say that to you, that Chris, you are a son, you are of the king, how does that change your posture um, when it comes to approaching the Father? Yeah, I think it's about access. And then all of a sudden, it's not a, um, I've got to jump through hoops to get to him. I've got to uh, unlock doors to get to him. But no, there, there's a free access there that uh, that is always open and always ready to, to have conversation and to change the mindset. Um, I love in the, in the book, uh, well into the first book, I believe it is, how James Bryan Smith talks about the uh, the city dog versus the country dog, yeah. that that resonates with me because I am a country uh, <laughs> country folk here. But the uh, the idea was that the city dog is is lived confined life and lives its whole life to escape the confinement. Uh, as soon as it gets off the lease, as soon as the doors open that it thinks it can go through, it's going to go through that, uh, and then you're going to have to chase it down. Whereas uh, the opposite, the the country dog has all the freedom in the world. Acres to run, and probably has run and, and um, gone a, gone astray for a while, but realizes uh, in the end that the food's provided for, that the shelter's provided for, that comfort's provided for when you're sitting on the front porch with the master. Yeah. Uh, and I love that 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 you have the options to go, that the mm-hmm. freedom is there to go and, um, and and experience all that the world has to offer. But you resonate whenever you find the comfort uh, and the joy in the presence of the master there. And so yeah, it's all like you said, it's all about access and it's all about freedom. You know, the master doesn't have the dog on the leash. The dog's willingly sitting there and knows that if I want to run out there, I can. But this is the best place. And so it's an idea of the freedom that comes with following Jesus. And I think so many times when we think as Christians um, or people think of Christians, they think, oh, you've got all these rules you have to live by. It's such a, there's no freedom. That, that's got to be a miserable thing because you can't have, quote yeah. unquote, fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and the opposite, there's so much freedom in that because we're not bound by sin anymore. We start right. to change the way we think, and we there, there's freedom that comes in there and not um, uh, this idea of like we are bound up, you know, but there's a freedom that we know. We, we know and we know as we walk with the Father and as we walk with Him, it's it's the best place to be. So why would you want to do anything else? But that that starts with changing how we think. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I, I appreciate you sharing that story. That is one of my yeah. favorites from that from that, that first was, book. Uh, me as well. It was uh, definitely resonated with me. But we do know that that Jesus, through the Sermon on the Mount, as well as his other teachings throughout the the Gospels, we see that he has some harsh words, and uh, not that he is, um, again, an angry God, but he's just trying to correct some of the false narratives with the Pharisees, even with the disciples. Uh, he would give them a, you know, a parable, teaching parables, and then they would come back and go, what did you mean by that? Mm-hmm. And then he would say, really, you don't get it? Let's let's wade through it a little more. Yeah. Uh, and so I want you to describe a little bit of that as to how Jesus uh, works throughout the Scriptures and the Sermon on the Mount as well. Yeah, again, like I said, his... One of the things that Dallas Willard says that I think is is good for us to remember and to think about is this, is that Jesus was the smartest man that ever lived. And I think sometimes we don't think about that. We yeah. think of him as a, he's a good teacher and and he's he's gentle, but he he was God, but also man, and he would have been the smartest person in the world. So he's giving us the best way to live. And so he would do that in his teaching times, and he did so in such, most of the time, a gentle way. And again, the one thing that Jesus always did that I love is if someone asked him a question, he didn't give them an exact answer. 
right? What he would do is he would either, as you said, do it in a form of a parable or a story, um, or he would ask them a question back. Yeah. And I think that's really important because a lot of living life in the kingdom of God is not black and white answers. There's a lot of gray. There's a lot of figuring it out. And I think that's what's so important about this idea of narratives and stories is that's how Jesus chose to communicate. You take the parable of the um, prodigal son, right? And the reason that's such a powerful story is because in some way, shape, or form, we can identify with each one of those characters. And it may be different every time that you read it. You know, as a father now, I think of sometimes a father role. And Mm -hmm. what does it look like as my kids, as I'm raising them, like how would I interact? It gives me a better view of our father to us. I think a lot of times in the church, we take that as we're the older brother, right? We're the good one who stayed here. Yep. That's kind of how I've identified most of the time. I've been the faithful one, and 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 I don't get to experience the Father's blessing when the Father says, you've been here the whole time to enjoy yeah. the blessing. You know, In all reality, if all of us as followers of Jesus don't realize that we are all the prodigal son, yeah. we've all wandered at some point in some way, shape, or form that we all needed rescuing, we all needed to understand the Father's love for us, then we don't truly understand grace and what the gospel is. So you just take that one story right there and you realize Jesus opened up and taught in a way that no matter where you're at right now, that story can speak through you. Instead of just giving us, this is what it is, know the right answer, say it. No, how do you experience it? Mm-hmm. Or again, mm-hmm. as the Pharisees would question him, he knew their heart, and so he would ask a question back that would get right at the heart of what they were asking. Yeah, certainly. And so yeah. it's it's a great way to, to teach and to think, and I would encourage us as we continue to do this, learn to ask good questions yep. of people. Don't just give... If someone asks you a question on something, ponder it. Try to understand where their heart is and, and listen well and ask good questions back. Yeah. And then at the same time, we've talked about this a lot, learn your story. Know what your story yep. is. Because again, as that's, that is the whole point of this podcast is to tell stories because hopefully through the stories of others, you can put yourself in there and get a clearer picture of who God is yeah. and what he's doing in, around us and in your life through someone else's story. So the more that we can communicate that, the more that we um, will understand Jesus' stories. Certainly. So as we close here, Drew, why why is discipleship important? Why is this first step of changing some of the narratives important? And how can we take practical steps, put this into application for yeah, us? Yeah, I appreciate that. Again, discipleship is important. I think it's one of those things that we say here a lot that church is not just to show up on Sunday, check yep. the box, but it's a lifestyle. And it's something that we are constantly growing in. And we live in a world and a time that makes that incredibly difficult. And we have so many uh, avenues and so much information constantly bombarding us that we get pulled in so many different directions. And so to keep our focus on Jesus and what Jesus has called us to do, and we're coming into it, we live in a, in a culture that is becoming less and less Christ-centered and more and more um, world-centered. And so mm-hmm. because of that, us understanding the, the cost of discipleship, of what following Jesus looks like, and that there is some cost to us is going to be really important because the more and more we start to look like the world, the less and less of an impact for Jesus we can have. And so we need to look different. We need to look peculiar. We'll talk about that a little bit when it comes to the community side, Mm -hmm. that we need to look different, and there's a purpose for that. So that's why discipleship's so important, because to conform to what the world wants us to is so easy, and it takes work, energy, and effort to 
be a disciple of Jesus. Absolutely. And so the way that that starts is how you think. So again, I would encourage pe- people practical steps. What does it look like for you to spend time in God's Word? And we're going to talk about in our next podcast yeah. some of the practices that put into place. But how do you start thinking of things above? Mm-hmm. How do you start having these correct narratives? That starts with knowing who God is and who Jesus is and who the Holy Spirit is through the Word of God. And that's the key with all of these things we're going to do. The Holy Spirit leads us through all Absolutely. of this. This is not anything we can yeah. do on our own, but this is by the Holy Spirit's leading and power in our life that we can begin to think like Jesus, that we can practice like Him, and we can do that within community. Is all based on the Holy Spirit's power in our life. So get in the Word, get to know the stories, study the teachings of Jesus, ask good questions. Again, we're here to resource you with books mm-hmm. and with other things that can help you with that. If you're not a reader, let me know. We can give you other podcasts to listen to. Hopefully, this podcast itself, as you're listening to this, as you're working out, as you're on a drive, if you're on a walk, if you're cleaning the house, whatever you're doing as you listen to this, hopefully this is helping you think of things above. It's helping you to have the very mind of Jesus. And once we start thinking like Jesus, then that's going to inform how we act. And we'll talk about that in our next one. Certainly, certainly. And one practical step you can take is throughout this week, think of one thing uh, that you grew up learning about God and evaluate it. See yep. if it is something that, that aligns with Scripture. So Chances good. are it probably does a little bit, but yep. there maybe need to be a little bit of correction. Yeah. And that's how we can change that narrative and begin to learn exactly what it was that Jesus was saying. Uh, we talked in the beginning about the angry God. Yep. So for a lot of people, I'm sure, um, angry God is, is something that they grew up hearing. Mm-hmm. And how can we change that mindset? Yep. Just a practical step uh, as we close today. This is part one. Uh, you got two more weeks of this. It's going to be fantastic, and I think it's really going to flesh out uh, what discipleship looks like here at Calvary. And so, Drew, thank you for joining us. Uh, Great topic, and catch us next week uh, as well as the following week for the next two series. Thanks so much, Chris. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to The Table, a podcast of Calvary Church in West Lafayette. Music was provided by Heath Bentley. For more information, check us out at yourcalvary.info.